episode of the Real Estate Playbook. This week's guest is Deb Valdez. Deb, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Excellent. So great to have you today. We appreciate you coming on down. Thank you. And uh, we'll jump right into it. So typically what we like to do on this podcast is take a trip down memory lane. We like to kind of figure out, you know, what got the, it sparked your interest in real estate, kind of got you um, thinking about becoming an agent, eventually getting licensed and now getting into production. So why don't you take us down back down that uh, trip down memory lane there and let us know why you decided to get into real estate. Well, um, when I was in my early 20s, um, my dad had passed away and my mom um, was, you know, in charge of the estate and um, pretty big piece of property and um, there was some agents that came over to visit my mom and um, had her sign a contract, you know, none of us knew anything about it, none of us kids, and um, ended up selling a piece of property that was probably worth closer to a million dollars for 300000 Oh my gosh. Um, with some more property as well um, attached to it, so another 10 acres, um, a little bit further north, and um there was nothing that we could do, really. Mm-hmm. She was under contract. Um, I didn't know anything back then. so But I knew, you know, being younger, um, that eventually I was going to get into real estate because I, if I helped one person that um, so that wouldn't happen to them, then, mm-hmm. you know, I've done my job. Absolutely. So what Just out of curiosity, uh, when they sold for, you know, 30% of what the market valuation of the property was, was it like a a deal that never hit MLS? Was it somebody the agent knew or something? Or? I don't, you know, I didn't know enough about real estate back mm-hmm. then that to even to even check. Gotcha. I just knew that um, you know when everything closed that 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 was not right. And then we started hearing things. Oh my goodness, she sold it for how much? And then that's when the you know the work on the back end happened. And um, you know it was too little, too late. Yeah, so, no, that's unfortunate. Yeah, but I could see that kind of sparking interest. Almost kind of like trying to be the uh, the hero with the cake to prevent that from happening to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of how I go, you know, throughout my day with my clients. You know, always wanting to help them, uh, making sure that they're comfortable um, with their decision because it's a huge decision whether it's you know buying or selling their property. Yeah. So one hundred percent. So what did you do prior to real estate? Then obviously you. Um, we're thinking about this, kind of went through, um, the unfortunate passing of your father, your mother sold the property, the estate, a lot less than the market value was sparked your interest. I think you said younger twenties. When did you get licensed? Um, I got licensed about five years ago. I've always been in real estate in some form or fashion. Um, I have a degree in, um, interior design. Okay. So I worked in interior design for a bit, um, and just over, overworked myself doing that. But, um, and then I was like, it's time for a change. Um, I did some marketing for new home builders and then I said, it's a, it's time. Mm-hmm. So got my license and here I am. Yeah. So you already kind of, before getting licensed had somewhat of, I don't know, an introspect per se to see in the real estate world from looking through that kind of home designer lens. So mm-hmm. you kind of knew a little bit that goes into it and it kind of got a leg up compared to the competition when you got licensed. I did. I did learn a lot, you know, starting out that way. And then what were some of the, what do you think were some of the 
attributes or skill set that you acquired in home design that you kind of transitioned into real estate that allowed you to get into production quicker than most agents? Um, just, I guess, my knowledge with my clients, how to help them, um, how to maybe figure out what they're looking for. Um, being in design, you know, like the, the finishes and the colors and things like that. And I do think that that ha helps a little bit. Absolutely. Knowing, you know, what their favorite color is, what do they like, you know, stone versus mica and things like that. So I, I think that that really helps. So now I can nail down what my clients are really looking for. Absolutely. 100%. It sounds to me too, and it's attributes that a lot of times people take for granted and some they just don't have, but listening and communicating, you know, being an effective communicator, uh, learning uh, your client, learning exactly what they're looking for, um, what it is that they're interested in, listening to that, and then obviously um, communicating that with them so that way you can accomplish the common goal. At that time, it was to decorate the home like they're wanting, and now it's to find the property or the house in the area that it is that they're looking for. Also, with, um, with listings, I can help kind of depersonalize mm -hmm. the house for them. I've done that in the, in the past. You yeah. know, let's make it so everybody that walks in your house yeah. so can kind see of, themselves in it. Yeah, so you kind of make it show ready, mm -hmm. you know, maybe soften up neutral colors, whatever it might be, like you said, depersonalize. Move away some of the, you know, decor that they might have that's going to be, um, you know, for them or their family and kind of just make it more, I don't want to say appealing from a way of your taking away like the personal touch of the house, but just make it more universal for anybody walking through. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. So that skill set probably helps you a lot too in real estate with the clients, you know, having that background. It does. It does. Excellent. So now if from your previous occupation, obviously you kind of went into some of the skills that you, you know, acquired from uh, listening, communicating with the homeowners and, and figuring out what they're wanting. Uh, another thing you touched on was home builders. Now, did you work for the builder or were you contracted through homeowners who were buying new construction? I worked for the home builder. Okay. And how was that experience? Um, it was it, it was good. I learned even more mm -hmm. about how new home builders worked. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I got a little bit of knowledge in title and closings and things like that. Just seeing how the company worked. Mm -hmm. um, and and then sales also with the sales department so and then you kind of got the new construction world too so now i'm mm -hmm. sure working with prospective buyers when you're you know going through new construction or touring homes you know a lot of that kind of new construction lingo and different phases of the construction process there from working with the builder i do i do and i like to go through the house with my buyer if I can mm -hmm. um, to kind of help them through the process as well because especially if they're a first home buyer a new home buyer uh, first time sorry first time home buyer they may not be comfortable going by themselves and they may want that extra support of somebody who they already trust absolutely to go with them so that does help 100% and then what would you say right now um, so obviously you Kind of got the passion about going into real estate, you know, watching your mom sell the family estate for under market value, went into interior design and decorating, did it on your own, also working for the home builder. Now you're in general real estate. What would you say is the one thing that you took for granted or did not expect 
when you got into real estate five years ago? Well, it's 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 difficult. Mm -hmm. The market changes quite frequently mm -hmm. um, with no explanation sometimes. So um, that sometimes makes it difficult. It makes it difficult to also explain to your your buyers or sellers, you know, what was maybe a year ago, and we saw how crazy the market went, you know, a year, year and a half ago, to explain that that's not the same market. Right. Um, just setting those expectations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and then just explaining, you know, and showing them the backup mm. as to, you know, you see how things are selling now. You see, you know, how much inventory or how lack of inventory we have and, you know, so it's just what it sounds like is the nuances, especially, you know, post COVID with how quick of a, a market shift we had, just how quickly you had to pivot and move almost your not only skill set, but presentation and dialogue to the consumers because you were having probably completely different conversations than you were a year ago with where the market was. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I could see that definitely being tough. So what were some things that, you know, for the audience that you kind of, work through was it just kind of studying the markets to really guiding those clients through to helping them understand because obviously it's sometimes tough to get a jaded perspective you know what i mean to kind of change their mind where well hey six three six months ago it wasn't like that it can't be like this already type of thing it is it's a lot of study in the market um and paying attention to what's out there sometimes i mean you'll see certain size houses that sell quicker than others or um, just everything stops. So it, it's really looking at the analytics of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so just stay on top of market trends, mm -hmm. market inventory, and then also see kind of where the price is going. Right. So right now, obviously you've kind of been doing it for about five years, um, dealt with a lot of different nuances in the marketplace. What's one thing that you're really working on right now to ensure your success in today's market and that you'll have a sustainable success in the future? Um, I guess it's really fine-tuning myself as a realtor, um, learning as much as I can learn, um, talking with other realtors because everybody has a different experience, mm -hmm. finding out how I can best serve my clients mm -hmm. um, with as much knowledge as I can get. Right. Um, just to help them even more so find exactly what they're looking for. So and staying on top of like your education, training, just being a, a what it sounds like a resource for your clientele and just really kind of going all in on being what I consider like a local expert. Like you want to be the go to. Hey, if we know that if we don't have information on the market or we have questions asked that Deb can kind of be that resource that right. we go to. And then know that it different avenues where to if somebody's looking for a home a different avenue to look in um to help them it's not always going to be just on our website we're going to have to get a little creative and look in those different avenues that maybe people don't normally think about mm -hmm. or other realtors normally think think about right so. i couldn't agree more and i know one of the things that agents struggle with a lot so i always kind of like to get every agent's perspective maybe something will click from how you manage to how other agents manage, especially some who might find trouble with what I call work-life balance. So 
What are some of the techniques or tactics that you do um, within your business? Because obviously being a real estate, you're a business for yourself. You're making your own schedule. You have to stay disciplined. You know, you, it's up to you. You're going to get out what you put in typically. But what are some things that you do to kind of have that work-life balance to ensure that you can have that time, commitment, dedication to your business as well as your personal family obligations? Well, this might sound a little bit funny, but I have to schedule my family time. Mm -hmm. So not only do I have to schedule my work and my clients, I have to schedule my family time mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm not only working. Right. Um, so I've got... I've got that time where I can, you know, spend with my son and do things that we can do together um, to where he doesn't feel like, oh, mom's always working Work all the time, you know, because I do love what I do, but I, right. need to, I need to schedule in that time to make sure that I don't do that. Yeah, you still need to be the front mother for your son and make sure that, you know, he's not missing out. And I mean, I know a lot of people aren't used to that concept because I know you said it might sound silly, but we've always kind of practice that and preach that as well is what I call reverse engineering a calendar. So take a blank calendar. First thing you write in is your like your family personal obligations. And then in real estate where you have a flexible schedule, all that blank white canvas, that's where you can kind of fill in your work in different weather showings, prospecting, uh, going to closings for, with your clients, um, installing signs, whatever it might be. You kind of just put it in and then that way everything's taken care of. Because what will happen, especially, you know, real estate being like a roller coaster, especially when you're kind of getting going in the beginning and so you build a consistent flow of closings and um, revenue coming in is a lot of agents will go all in on work sacrificing their family obligations and personal obligations and then what happens when they're not having success in real estate it's like they feel like their life is going to shit because they never balanced at right. that time right and i think that that creates burnout very quickly yeah. I couldn't agree more. And it's one thing that, you know, we always encourage. And I think it's definitely a tactic that I'm sure brings balance to your life and kind of makes it a little bit more manageable. It does. It does. And I used to, I used to do the, where I just scheduled all the work when I did design mm -hmm. and I got burnt out. Burnt out. Yeah. So. And it happens quickly. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So right now Deb, you know, if you were, obviously there's a lot of agents you've been doing a little longer, but if you're, there's agents out there that are newly licensed, possibly struggling, not at the level of production they want to get to. They might be a thinking about get licensed or, or maybe even in the process about to get licensed, but you know, they're don't know where to start or what to do first. If you give any advice to a struggling agent who's fairly new or an agent who's newly licensed or about to get licensed, what would be your one like nugget of information that you give to them? Hey, when you get licensed, this would be the one thing that I'd start doing. I would say interview a lot of brokerage firms and find the ones who provide you with leads. Mm -hmm. That is going to be the most difficult thing i found, mm -hmm. um, is where are you going to get your clientele from? Yeah. Um, and are you going to have enough time to sit there and do all the work? So as much support as possible, find a, a brokerage firm that has all the support for you, has, has all of that there. Mm -hmm. um, and I did make that mistake of working for a very, very small brokerage firm that had no support. And then when I switched to a peer, mm -hmm. um, with, with all the support, it makes all the difference, you mm -hmm. know, and there's not only support with leads, but there's support, um, with coaching and, um, just everything you can think of because you're coming in new and there's so many things that you have to learn that 
it's hard. It's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. No, I always say, you know, because I, I know obviously as an agent, you know, especially depending where you're coming from, if you're calculating like ROI, you're very analytical. You know, obviously you're looking at splits, you're looking at, hey, if I get the business on my own, then, you know, I can make more depending on what brokerage you're at. But one thing I think is taken for granted is the human bandwidth um, and how much time it takes to incubate, prospect, find the business to kind of get to. And I, I couldn't agree with you more to kind of have a resource for that, whether it's provided or somebody give you a roadmap on how to do it is going to be vital, especially in today's market that is so fast paced and moving. Right. So I couldn't agree with you more. And then as far as, you know, in the future, like where do you see, what are your goals um, for your personal business? Like what are you looking to accomplish kind of in real estate? I know you talked about why you got into it, the why, but now we're talking about the what, what does it look like kind of in your vision, your business and well, in the future? Um, you know, I told you I have, I have a son. Mm -hmm. So, of course, creating the type of legacy for him or to make sure that um, I'm getting older, you know, retirement age, you have to start looking at that now, um, setting myself up for the future. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, learning as much as I can now, being the best realtor that I can be. I don't see myself really retiring because mm. I like to be around people. I so enjoy cool. working. Um, but to just set my business up for success to where I can, you know, I don't know, put the money away, maybe have a piece of property outside of, you know, where I live, okay. things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like it's kind of you're putting in the work now and, and building that foundation almost, you know, obviously making a lot of sacrifice with your time being dedicated to your craft, but just where your future self can thank you for the position that you're at kind of in the future where you're set up where most people, you know, it gets a point of where it's too late and they didn't think about that in early yeah, state. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. Well, I'm sure you'll accomplish it here in no time and uh, sound like you're definitely on the right track. Deb, for any of the audience out there, you know, looking to buy and sell the Tampa market, you know, Hillsborough, Pasco, Pinellas, Fernando counties, and are some of the counties that you cover. What's going to be the best contact information for them to reach on? We're going to have this all the social sites, but what's the best number they can reach on and the best email? Um, the best number is um, my mobile. It's 813-849-8349. And that anyone can text me, call me. Um, if it's late at night, send me a text <laughs> and I'll get back with you in the morning. Um or you can email me at deb at 54realty.com. That's my direct email. And as soon as I see that, if I'm not with clients, I'll get back to you. Perfect. Well, Deb, we greatly appreciate you being a guest on this week's podcast. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for your time. And we greatly appreciate all of you tuning in to another episode of the Real Estate Playbook.